and then they all go play baseball. <laughs> uh, base of balls. It's it's just again some of the best knuckles line deliveries. So and then he just and then he does a power bump to punch the baseball instead and claims victory as he runs mm. around the bases. And the best part is Maddie and and Tom are talking over Knuckles, who is like, I've taken second of bases, like he's running around the bases <laughs> claiming them in victory. As the two of them talk about how that that was their only baseball and they're now gonna go for ice cream. It's just it's very good. It's very wholesome. <laughs> yeah, my note for this scene just says Knuckles punches the baseball. No notes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophie Ricciardi, and I am joined today by Stormageddon, a.k.a. Matt. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thrilled to have you. Uh, I do have to ask you the question that I ask every guest at the top of the show. It really kicks us off and gets us into what we're here to talk about. Uh, why did we watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2? <laughs> Such a good question. So, I mean, the obvious answer is because it's a fantastic video game movie. Uh, and it's funny because it wasn't when we a little behind the curtain when I was emailing mm -hmm. with you about what movie to pick. I There was another video game movie in the conversation, Detective Pikachu, which I also really mm -hmm. love. And I was trying to decide and what made me settle on this one is, A, I really love the first one and the second one. Sonic is one of my favorite video game characters. But more importantly, I'm wearing a Knuckles shirt that no one yes. can see. But Knuckles <laughs> is my favorite, one of my favorite video game characters of all time. And also... I think about this movie more fondly on multiple watches because it's just fun. De mm -hmm. Detective Pikachu is great and some of the other stuff that I suggested is great, but this is one that's just kind of raucous and fun from start to finish. And also, for all the people who are like, you can't put video game stuff in, in video game movies, it doesn't make <laughs> sense. This movie is a complete slap in the face of all of that because oh, yeah. there's so much video game BS in it. But but I think above everything else, it's just, it's become one of my favorite movies because it's just, it's a good time and it represents what I love about this franchise that had kind of been on the rocks on the video game side for a long time. And mm -hmm. so that that's, I think, the most important reason. And because again, Knuckles is in it and he's my favorite yeah. character. <laughs> I guess this is as good a time as any to kind of jump into it. Like what's your background with Sonic, uh, the character and the characters in that universe outside of just the existence of the movie? Did you like play the games growing up? You know, any other, did you read the comic? I, I we had like three ish miscellaneous issues of I think the '90s run of Sonic Sonic comics that lived in our bathroom when I was a kid, and so I've only read those three issues. <laughs> so that's I've... where most of my background comes from. <laughs> so I've read a few of the comics. The Archie run is wild. It does some incredible mm. things. I know a lot of the summaries of it. I haven't read them myself. Um, but yeah, I'm a longtime Sonic fan. I've been playing the, like the first video game system I ever owned besides a Nintendo was a Sega Genesis. And um, I got a Super Nintendo much later after getting the Sega Genesis. And uh, the first game I had was Sonic 1 and 2. And like when Sonic 3 and Knuckles came out, like that was the first Sonic game I remember the release of. And like getting Sonic 3 and being like, oh, I can't play as Knuckles. He's such a cool character. And then they released <laughs> the back half of that game as a separate cartridge that you can Oof. then click together like a Transformer, which is still the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and you can play the whole game from the beginning to the end mm -hmm. as Knuckles. And that and he became my, one of my favorite characters. But yeah, I've been playing the Sonic games since then. And they've had some misses. You know, some of the 3D stuff hasn't been great. But the newest game, Sonic Frontiers, which I've played and beaten already, uh, is a good high point to seem like it's returning to a new formula that will make the franchise a lot more fun again. Mm. Um, but I, I replay, I just replayed Sonic 1, 2, 3, 
and Knuckles this year because they released a collection called Sonic Origins on the Switch, which I bought, of course, even though I have all of those games on so many platforms and so <laughs> many collections. you can play them on a new platform and you get to exactly. be Knuckles all over again. It's great. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so I've been a longtime fan of the franchise. And so when I knew they were making movies, I was, you know, skeptical because video game movies mm-hmm. can be pretty hit or miss like any other adaptation. But then when I heard they cast Ben Schwartz, who I love as Sonic, I'm like, oh, oh, that makes sense. And then when the news came out that Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik. I'm like, yeah. this is this is absolutely perfect. The movie could be terrible, but I'll enjoy Jim Carrey's Robotnik no matter what. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love these games unabashedly, even some of the bad ones. I think it's just, I don't know, there's something about this character that I identified with as a kid. Like, he's up, Sonic and his gang of characters are close to me in the same way that the Mario cast is. You know, Luigi is my mm-hmm. favorite character in that. And, like... You know, I'm cautiously optimistic about that new movie as we see more trailers for it. Not thrilled about Chris Pratt as Mario, but literally the rest of the cast seems great. So we'll see. But that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, that's another episode entirely. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll come back around to that when it pops up. But we're here to talk about Sonic 2. uh, And we're opening with the uh, ring variant of the Paramount logo that they put together for the first movie. And I was so happy to see it make a return with the stars as rings instead. And we go to a much mushroom planet where a Rube Goldberg-esque mushroom machine sets off, complete with mini mushroom Sonic at one point, uh, to make some morning mushroom juice, coffee, coffee for yeah. <laughs> Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> He's trying to get coffee, what he has is mushrooms. I understand that that might actually be a product that exists in the real world, but in the really? world of this movie, yeah, I think you can get mushroom <laughs> coffee. Uh, I have not tried it, so I cannot speak to its quality, and that's not what we're really here to talk about, but it feels like it would be fair to point it out. Uh, <laughs> But Robotnik is here talking to his log. He's been stuck on this planet for nearly like 250 days, creating his own mushroom home through the mastery that he has of technology and inventions. And uh, despite all this, he hasn't quite mastered mushroom coffee, but he's continuing his attempts to escape and return to Earth using one of Sonic's quills that he has from the previous movie, a little blue quill, to power a device that will light a beacon uh, and hopefully help him get home. In powering it up, he knocks himself out. As he's out on the ground, the ring portal that we see throughout the first movie reappears, and walking through it are a variety of spear-wielding creatures. (laughs) They go to poke at Robotnik, but instead hit one of his many, many mushroom-based booby traps, uh, taking all of them out despite their posturing. Robotnik goes to hop through the portal that they've opened, but before he can, a familiar red spike-fisted echidna steps through. I was so glad they blew that Knuckles is in this movie immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me too. Like, like There was no, tip-toeing, <laughs> no tiptoeing around it. I also love that this movie starts with Robotnik because what I love about the first movie is, you know, in the games, especially the ones that have voice acting, Robotnik is a fun character, but Mm -hmm. it is rare that he's shown as competent, even though he builds all these incredible adventures, because it's always Sonic foiling him. Mm -hmm. And I like that we get to see the competence of him and that he's really, really smart and that he's doing all this cool stuff. Also, any time that Jim Carrey gets to vamp is always fun. And, like, I like that this movie is as much his story as it is Sonic's. Typically, for these kinds of movies, you don't care as much about the villains, but he's such a classic mustache twirling villain that he's so fun to watch and I do love also that like a lot of these movies like oh we know Knuckles is the movie but you gotta wait you know you gotta wait to yeah. see no within no, minutes we right see him step it. through the portal Almost and it's be great the cold open of the movie they're like Knuckles is here we know we know you all saw Idris Elba tweet out that he's Knuckles we, we're putting him in immediately 
Another really good casting choice. I, if there's one person in all of Hollywood who I would love to have a coffee with, it's Idris Elba's agent, just to like know what's going on there and how he's getting the the particular like lineup of roles that he's gotten the last five years. This is one where I think it was a perfect casting. Oh my god, yeah! Like it's funny, you know, all of the voice cast for the video games have been great. You know, mm-hmm. Roger Craig Smith, and of course, um, Colleen, um, who is playing Tails in this, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, I believe mm-hmm. is how her name is pronounced, um, who's been Tails for a long time in the cartoons and video games. I believe um like but to have it's it's up there with ben schwartz as this inspired casting right like the minute he speaks you're like oh this is perfect he's the perfect mm-hmm. meathead um <laughs> you know i made a lot of jokes online that i'm not ready for uh, knuckles to become sexy but i will accept it if it happens because you know it is yes. an ildris elba um but yeah no from the moment he spoke i'm like oh this this yeah. along with all the other casting in these films is is flawless there are so many Knuckles line reads where I just like burst out laughing in real like normal I, watching movies. I'm sometimes somewhat subdued. I have to watch a lot of them for my job. Uh, there were multiple points in this movie where Knuckles would say a very innocuous line and I would be crying in my apartment. There's just so much heart in his delivery. And yeah. that is very much something that's taken from the modern games, especially like Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Like he is very much a kind of doofus meathead who is very much mm-hmm. focused on being Sonic's friendly rival, protecting the Master Emerald and that's pretty much the end of the list like he is very (laughs) focused and determined Mm -hmm. and they translated that to this very much very easily yes and that focused determination is leading him to figure out where uh, Robotnik got that quill from Ooh, and of course Robotnik offers to show him the way to uh uh-oh Sonic so we've got our villains and our cold open heading to earth uh, kicking off our series of misadventures Meanwhile, in Seattle, a woman is walking a dog in a hat in a little basket and sees a high-speed chase going on between the police and some bank robbers, I think. Uh, But who's also watching? It's Sonic, baby. And the Beastie Boys' It's Tricky starts playing. Uh, This is the first of many musical cues in this movie that I thought were surprisingly good. Uh, The weirdly good soundtrack on Sonic 2. Oh my god! And like the custom, the the custom song by Kid Cutie, I believe is how it's pronounced, is so good. Like the the one from the first uh, movie was great as well. And like Mm -hmm. like the having those banger theme songs have been so key to the soundtrack of this this film. But like every every like sometimes music drops can be really obnoxious or cheesy. A lot of the Marvel films have had some cheesy ones that I don't mind, but like are very on the nose. The ones here are rarely on the nose, but are always great. And and I've loved every one of them. There's one later where Robotnik's playing guitar on his leg that we're going to talk about (laughs) that I was like, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. Sonic is jumping into the chase. He's trying to uh, help defeat the villainous bank robbers he takes control of their vehicle apparently having learned to drive since the last movie uh sort of i would say that <laughs> charitably he can drive yeah like he understands he's... what a car is supposed to do at the very least exactly uh, yeah, yeah, yeah he knows what to look for i don't know <laughs> i don't think he has his license in any state uh no probably not but while he's monologuing about you know what he's trying to do and being a hero, the smoothness of his superheroing starts to wear off as the security guard, who's also trapped in the truck, uh, starts to point out that he's you know doesn't quite know what he's doing when he's driving, and he is there's a pile of bombs in the vehicle, and you're missing all these details, Sonic. What are you doing? Uh, at the very last second, it looks like the truck is about to ram into what looks like a festive holiday village of sorts, uh, and Sonic rushes around really quickly and disassembles the truck before it crashes into said village, and then goes to a rooftop to monologue about how it's all in a night's work for the Blue Justice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this is a world where Batman exists, and this is yes. absolutely <laughs> aping it. Like, there's no, there's no, like... 
some pop culture movies are like we have to like sidestep to not like no they're mm-hmm. just like he's going for it and yeah it's great like yes. him in front of the moon on a roof corner like it's absolutely just an homage <laughs> to batman it's great and he calls it out later on too we're thinking either him or tom describes him as trying to be batman and i'm like oh yeah. so we're, we're lampshading it yeah yeah <laughs> this no is just actually it. happening okay <laughs> mm-hmm. but he he runs himself back to green hills you'll remember the uh home base from the last movie into his little attic room with his parents yeah (laughs) tom and maddie he's taking a look at the map given to him last movie by his mom the giant owl lady long claw and sees one of her feathers inside of it reminiscing sadly as she sacrificed herself to allow him to escape to earth in the first place but after this moment of reminiscing he climbs into bed and tries to sleep uh, only to immediately be woken up by a dog and maddie coming up to remind him that he has to go fishing with tom Yep, and then it hard cuts to him in the fishing boat with Tom. Tom talking mm-hmm. about how much they don't get to spend time together. First of all, James Marsden is has to be, I don't know if he is, I've never met him, but must be one of the most charming men in existence because I'm a just oh, treasure. I'm just always <laughs> charmed by him and everything and like and like he's been in such a variety of stuff over mm-hmm. the, especially the last year like because I also really love um Westworld and he's great mm-hmm. in that as well and like just very different roles, but like hearing him be the dad and like just m- chat at Sonic and like Within seconds, the first time I saw this, uh, Sonic is not moving or speaking. I went, oh, he fell asleep. It's one of those gags, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. and, and of course it was. Drool and everything. He's talking. You're talking about And then, of course, Sonic falls in the water. And what I love is that James Marsden is Tom doesn't miss a beat. Like when he pulls him out of the water, he's like, well, now that you're, you've had a nap and a bath, we can talk about <laughs> this. And like they start talking about how he kind of screwed up Seattle a little bit. Yeah. He hasn't quite figured out this whole heroing thing. He wants to help. His heart's in the right place, but he hasn't. His vision isn't clear. Tom drops the two morals of the movie in this yes. boat. <laughs> He's like, you have to be more responsible because being a hero is about taking care of other people, not just yourself. So there's moral number one. <laughs> you gotta look out <laughs> for others. Uh, and then the second line: there will come a time when your power will be needed, and you don't get to choose that moment. You just gotta let it come to you, waiting for your moment. There's our theme number two. Yeah. <laughs> Just they, one they after the other. <laughs> they don't really pull the punches with that. It was the same in the first movie. Like there was very mm-hmm. much a like we know where this story is headed. We're just going to tell this story. And a lot yeah. of it is is world setting in the first movie. Whereas here, it's like we can learn a little bit more about Sonic, about this family, about this world. I think it's much better constructed. We're, when we get to the wedding stuff, like I'm going to talk more about this, but I think the humans have much better role in this film than they did the first one. I think the first mm-hmm. one, they were just like, let's have humans. So like people who don't know Sonic have something to latch on to, yeah. which was a problem in the Transformers movies a lot but I felt like works a little better here but in this film I think they're really integral to the narrative because of the Mm -hmm. way they wove them into the lives of Sonic and then later the other characters yeah I think you get to see them have a bit more direct influence on the arc that Sonic has literally we do we see you know Tom introduce (laughs) the arc that he will go on here Uh, (laughs) but the way that they they're they're not on screen for as much as they are in the previous movie but at the same time they do have more of an influence and I think that that's a fine line to have walked uh, in a movie that is introducing several other alien animal characters uh, (laughs) with relative success they they do a good job of uh, balancing it and I think it's like you said they don't have to do the world setting from the previous film they can just jump into the zany adventure part of it and let the characters kind of shine they high five on tom asking sonic to be more responsible one of two uh hand motions nope three hand motions that will be critical to all sorts of deals and decisions throughout this movie uh you'll note it along with the fist bump and the handshake 
More yes. on those later. And later on at the house, Sonic sets up a fake airport with one of his magic rings that allow him to travel places to give Tom and uh, Maddie a quick trip to Hawaii for her sister's wedding. He sets up this whole little fake TSA airport security check-in. It's, it's very, very cute. cute, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sonic is now home alone. And as soon as they walked out, I'm like, there's going to immediately be a risky business call out in this. There's no way. And then the next shot, I was vindicated with a risky business <laughs> homage. Yep. Sonic parties it up in the house, has a big bubble bath, goes and specifically steals a box of Oreo thins from the supermarket. So there's our product placement a la Zillow there's so the much movie. <laughs> there's so much in the first movie. And there's, of course, more in this. And look, I get it. Like Sega. Yeah. Sega is not the most financially successful company. I think they've bounced back since. But of course, famously, like they made mm-hmm. consoles for a long time. And then both the Sega Saturn and the Dreamcast were flops. And so they lost a lot of money and switched to software, which for me is great because if you had told me when I was a kid that I'd play Sonic on a Nintendo system, I'd be like, well, that doesn't make sense. Whereas an adult, like, Sonic is on everything now, which is great. Yeah. But, like, clearly they need they wanted financial backing and they wanted other people to invest mm-hmm. in these films besides just them, just in case they didn't do well. Uh, and so Oreo, clearly a sponsor in this one, <laughs> as well as Olive Garden, which will be mentioned again later. Yes. I love this scene because, like, I don't know, as a kid chaos like that was like oh this is cool he must be having so much fun as a grown-ass adult i'm just looking at it going oh the cleanup like i can't (laughs) and like i know sonic can clean it really fast and he actually does that bit literally Mm -hmm. right after this but like that was my knowing that i've transitioned to adulthood is looking at a mess and going (laughs) oh so much cleanup the housework that would entail Uh, but while Sonic is partying, some leaves turn up in the hills. <gasps> it's Tails. He's arriving in the exact cutscene from the end of the last movie in the end credits. It's, it's just literally the just same the scene. Exact scene. <laughs> Which is fine. Like I but, honestly, yeah. like they knew they were getting a sequel. I think before it came out, and then it was a huge success, mm-hmm. which cemented it. And like I love Colleen's Tales. You know, I, of course, she's done it in so many things, and it's so fun. Like. I don't mind Hollywood casting in in voice acting roles when they're doing something with the character. They're making it mm-hmm. their own. I think a lot about Jack Black and how he's had this huge successful voice acting career. Because even though characters are kind of a spin on his voice, he does something with it. Like Poe yeah. the Panda has like this whole character onto himself. Now he's going to be Bowser in the new uh, Mario movie. And so like I love Ben Schwartz's work. But it's cool to see someone from the cartoons and video games to kind of step over into the movies and get to be in a movie, go to a movie premiere. Like, it's fun. She's dedicated her a lot of time to this character specifically, as well as a few others. And mm-hmm. it's just fun to see her get to be Tails. And he's great. Like, the minute he steps on screen, like, I love that when he appears out of the ring, like, in that cutscene, um, before he flies away, they make his tail separate so you can see that he has two tails. They don't have to say anything. They just show oh. it. And then they wind <laughs> up and he flies away, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really good, efficient uh, moment, and yeah, Colleen O'Shaughnessy is excellent. It, I, I I do really like that they gave uh, like a longtime Sonic voice actor a chance to actually be in the movie as well because the casting has been great. I, all the characters that have appeared so far that are voice acted, Ben Schwartz is doing a great job. Beatrice Elba is doing a great job. But it is nice to bring back some of that original game casting and cartoon and what have you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, other various Sonic appearances and give them a chance to be involved in what is probably one of the bigger productions that has happened in the franchise in a while. But Tails is here because he, according to his readings, he's found someone. I'll give you one guess which blue hedgehog that might be. And he flies <laughs> off over Green Hills to, to go on the hunt. 
Uh, meanwhile, Tom FaceTimes Sonic because everyone in this movie FaceTimes. No one does it just a plain phone call. <laughs> no, yeah. Another Not product placement because FaceTime is ve- like it's very clearly FaceTime. So it's clearly yeah. an Apple influence <laughs> iPhone. And I think we get a few shots of phones like later on in the dance battle. We see Sonic plug in an iPhone. So like very much obviously Apple yes. is another one of the ones who contributed <laughs> to the financial success of this film. Mm-hmm. You can thank them for Idris Elba's knuckles. Uh, exactly. But- <laughs> But Tom FaceTimes Sonic to see how things are going, and Sonic quickly, as you mentioned, cleans up everything with his super speed and fakes his way through a call with Tom about everything being chill. Uh, and then we go to the wedding, where Morgan from Criminal Minds is uh, <laughs> Maddie's sister's fiance. <laughs> yeah, I, this is so good. So the 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 humans in this film are mm-hmm. at a wedding for Rachel uh, for Rachel, who is Maddie's sister, who got the short end of the stick in the last film, kind of on mm-hmm. purpose because she was kind of terrible in that, and like she was the kind of running gag. Like even her daughter helped tie her up. Like not not yeah. a fan favorite. But what I love about this film is that they immediately try and endear you to Rachel, which is really mm-hmm. neat because I didn't think she was a bad character. She was just kind of a butt of every joke. But like I love that. The human, the humans in this film, like we're meant to care about them more, and the characters are very established, and like what they're doing seems to have no purpose to the plot, and then does later in kind of a really brilliant way uh, mm-hmm. when we get to that. But like, I just I like them so much more. Like, I really like uh, Natasha Rothwell's character in this film because they get, like, we're gonna get to it, but she really gets to shine later on in a way. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this yeah. is what I wanted. Like, That's- make them as zany as the <laughs> space aliens, right? Like, just, exactly. just go all in. Yeah, it felt like last movie, Rachel in particular was fulfilling kind of like a stock character that I don't super love, which is like the sister-in-law who's like a yeah. little bit of a bitch to the brother-in-law. It's like, okay, this is fine, I guess. Like, I understand why this character is a year, but eh, it's not great. But then in this one, you really get to kind of go deeper into it in a more fun way. And then as we'll see later on, subverted a bit in a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful scene. Uh, Tom is returning to the wedding after hanging up on Sonic and uh, Rachel is <laughs> acting very sweet to him. And then as soon as she brings him into a hug, it's like, I still, if you mess up my wedding, I'll get you. Which fair, to be fair, he tied her up for the entirety of the last movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for like, days. Legit. Her anger is legit. Her anger makes sense. Uh, and her fiance is like, dude, he, she does not like you, which again, fair. Um, <laughs> just, just checking in on them briefly. Every once in a while, we'll return to the wedding to see what's what. Uh, but we have to go back to Sonic, who is, goes to watch some movies when the power goes out. And the TV screen flashes static. Uh, the light in the window flashes a figure. Everything's getting spooky. Who could it be? He goes to open the door and bam, it's Robotnik. He's here. He's made it to Sonic's home. Robotnik tries to threaten Sonic. So Sonic's like, oh, I'll just punch you again. But uh, Robotnik steps right out of the way. And who responds with the punch from the doorway but Knuckles? <laughs> Which sends Sonic absolutely flying through the entire home. I'm like, the best part about this film is that we never find out the results of their house. Like, that that never comes back. Spoiler alert. But we never see how that resolves because it gets absolutely trashed here. Yes. I felt so bad. They did so much home renovation in the last 10 minutes of the previous movie. And now it's for naught, apparently. (laughs) Because there are Sonic-shaped holes in all the walls. (laughs) Maybe they just leave them there, put a nice little border around it, so it's like exactly. a doggy door, essentially. <laughs> exactly. You just Maybe next time them. Sonic will just rush through that one. <laughs> uh, Robotnik introduces Knuckles to Sonic, and then Sonic goes to run around and fight, and Knuckles also does that. Uh, Knuckles demands this whole time to know where it is. Uh, Sonic, of course, has no idea what it could be. 
uh, and goes to do his little powered up roll at him, but Knuckles just catches him in the scene that was in all the trailers when they did the big Knuckles reveal. The CG <laughs> in this film is phenomenal. Like it's very easy to make CG characters look like mm-hmm. they're not in the scenes, and all, almost all the scenes, whenever anyone's carrying anyone else, it looks a little funny. But like all the scenes here, and like even though we saw it a thousand times in the trailers, that scene where Knuckles catches Sonic in ball form and then just punches him into the ground is just one of the coolest things like all the electricity is flying off they yeah. they really thought of a really cool way to make the characters look impressive like mm-hmm. the electricity that flies off of them is kind of not founded in any of the like them having an internal power is sort of in the games but like not this explicitly <laughs> but it looks cool as hell mm-hmm. it's a good visual effect for a movie uh yeah it kind of calls back to like the ghostbustery era of like yeah that level of plasma effect but like a little cleaner <laughs> you know it yeah. looks modern but it that that's sort of what it conjured up for me and then also the side character that kept referencing ghostbusters did maybe influence that a little bit but sure <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think like you're saying that the cgi really really works here especially when the cg characters are interacting with each other which has a tendency to look a little fake but i think the way they incorporate them into the background works across the board pretty well. Knuckles also begins a trend uh, that will happen a lot in this movie where they'll start fighting and then someone will give some more of their tragic backstory and then they'll continue <laughs> fighting after like a quick little minute or two break, uh, which yeah. I went back and forth on how much I liked it because sometimes I think it works really well and sometimes I was like, we we can't retread this crap. We gotta just <laughs> yeah. get into the action. But Knuckles explains that he's here to restore ultimate power to the home of his people. Sonic does not know what he's talking about, uh, but Robotnik is immediately interested in this whole ultimate power dealio. Um, Knuckles explains that he's one of the Echidna who fought and died against Longclaw and her tribe, and he goes to you know finish the job with Sonic before he can. Tails in a cop car comes out of nowhere and runs him over and picks up Sonic and they start hustling out of there. So yeah, a scene that we did mention that's so brief is like Tails is looking for a like covert way to sneak into town. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, human vehicle. I'll commandeer that. <laughs> and like, I'm I, the whole time I'm like, you can fly. What do you, you need a car fly. for? You'll just fly over everyone. But that scene where he literally pummels Knuckles with a car, which will be relevant later because there's a funny line related to it later. But like, mm-hmm. Is just so perfectly slapstick, and like yeah. then he's like, "Sonic, come essentially come with me if you want to live." Like it's very t- Terminator, <laughs> and then Sonic's like, "But I don't even know." Oh, forget it, and just gets in the car anyways. <laughs> like it can't be worse than what's going on right now. Yeah, the action in this movie is at its best when it involves more slapstick. So I'm glad that yeah. they have it in here, especially because like there's some cool punches and stuff. But I think the strength of the Sonic movie would maybe not too controversially be that it's also funny in addition to having action. So when they're able to incorporate that into the actual blocking of a scene, I think it works only to their advantage. And Tails knocking Knuckles out with a police car is pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good as far as as those things go. Yeah. Uh, As they're driving away, Tails introduces himself and explains that Knuckles is the last echidna and the greatest warrior in the galaxy trying to find the Master Emerald. And he thinks that Sonic is the key to finding it, which is about when Knuckles catches up to their car. So Tails drives it over a cliff and flies away with Sonic as Knuckles punches into some rocks to hold on for dear life. I love that we get a ton of video game mechanics in such a short amount of time yeah. here. So like <laughs> Tails famously in the second Sonic game, you couldn't control his flight and he couldn't lift Sonic. But in the third game and beyond, like Tails could carry Sonic a short distance. And mm-hmm. like, I love that we get that here. I love that there's this cutaway like, come on, like, do you trust me? I don't even know you. And then he pulls him out of the car <laughs> and then it just cuts to the face of Sonic as he's screaming in terror. And he's like, oh, we're flying. Oh, we're and then Knuckles <laughs> latching onto the wall. I think in the theater, I cheered when he latched onto the yeah. wall. So I'm like, that's just, it's... <laughs> I'm a sucker when video game mechanics in this 
movie get translated into the film mm-hmm. version and it's so fun it also is interesting to me as like he's so belabored trying to climb here and i'm like well that makes sense like in the games it looks so easy but obviously it would be a challenge <laughs> and difficult he doesn't he probably weighs a lot and also he's digging into rock mm-hmm. yeah I, and i think it helps that all of the specific powers and things that they're incorporating from the video games are also feel very natural to the characters that are on screen like i'm like yeah okay spiky hands guy can punch a wall and hang on that makes a lot of sense to me that fox that i've seen fly can fly okay i I track i don't have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to suspend my disbelief to make that work in this movie i which again helps them incorporate the video game things better because we've seen so many video game movies that don't do well and the fact that they're able to work these in here is very impressive it's very fun robotnik arrives at the scene of the crash and uh it takes a moment to hire his old assistant back, who is currently working as a very high-level barista at a place called the Mean Bean, uh, and then reactivates all of his Robotnik stuff, turning it into a secret lair and sending a satellite full of robots to Robotnik's location to give him his old robot-based attack power back. He gets his full costume. He looks more Eggman-y than ever. I love here <laughs> that, like, first of all, Mean Bean, which is a shout out mean to the Mean Bean. Bean Machine, which was a <laughs> video game on the Sega Genesis that was like Poyo Poyo, uh, but like Sonic themed. And mm-hmm. like, I just love that this movie is full of that, like full yeah. of nods to other Sega games, other franchises. And then also Agent Stone, like it's always very hard for original characters to come through in a video game movie and you'd be like, oh, I like this character. But Agent Stone is amazing. From minute one in the <laughs> first movie to any time you saw him here he's always so good he's just he's just in love with dr robotnik can we call us made us like let's just yeah, yeah. call it what it is like he he is in love with dr robotnik love. he loves this man and it's okay i hope someday they end up together because Might as well it's have had truly beautiful eyes on the whole time he was on screen you know yeah exactly is <laughs> he was delicately painting latte art of robotnik's face when we first see so him in this good. movie that's there's a bond there that just cannot be broken <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Now fully techno-advised. That's a word. We're going to roll with it. Uh, (laughs) Robotnik is uh, forming an alliance with Knuckles. He helps him get up from the cliff. And he's like, you know, our original deal is done. You're off the mushroom planet and I'm at the hedgehog. But uh, hey, Knuckles, you want to form a new alliance so we can find that ultimate power thing you were talking about? Uh, He also uses the line, if you don't know how to floss, you'll be lost without me, which made me feel really old. But yes. I guess this is a movie for children, so it's probably that's not a fault of the movie. That's <laughs> well, and also first. Sonic flosses like twice in the first film. Constantly, also. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so I just feel like, also like, so like again, if you're coming to this movie for true to video game recreation of the characters, you might be mm-hmm. a little disappointed. I think all the animated characters are, but like Doctor Robotnik is very much like uh, an amped up version of however he's been in the games but it's Jim mm-hmm. Carrey being Dr. Robotnik so if yeah. you don't want someone spouting cliches and pop culture <laughs> references you've hired the wrong guy and I just love that they let I can't like I'm sure some of this is scripted but I also have to imagine that a ton of his scenes is just them going all right Jim go go for it let's yeah. hear what you got to say like let's see I think the the early scenes on the mushroom planet gave that energy a lot because it was yes. there's a, there a practical set that we were looking at you could tell some of the mushrooms were there and you could kind of get the vibe that like they just had a wide shot on Jim Carrey and they're like I don't know man just monologue for a bit whatever you want you've been trapped <laughs> on this planet for 250 days go crazy uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this is where we get our second hand-based agreement system of the movie. We're going to do the handshake now. Yeah. Uh, and Knuckles gives Robotnik a handshake and crushes a bunch of his fingers, and it's very painful for him, uh, which will be the yeah. recurring bit with Knuckles every time. He has to <laughs> and it's funny a every single and time. It's always too. good. Every single yeah. time, it is excellent. 
Sonic and Tails go to the Wade Cave, which is where Wade, the uh, assistant, <laughs> the other cop who is, um, God as the movie describes. God bless Adam Pally. <laughs> God bless this man. So good at being a completely in inept, <laughs> just, just completely inept and still charming at every turn. Oh, uh, it's great. Uh, he lets Sonic and Tails hang out in his garage, which he has dubbed the Wade Cave, to kind of regroup and figure out what they're doing next. Sonic pulls out Longclaw's map and notes the emerald symbol on it, likely leading to the master emerald. Oh, ho, ho. And as he does, it starts to glow, and a hologram of Longclaw appears to play a message to Sonic. She explains that Earth has been chosen because it's the secret location of the master emerald, which can turn thoughts into reality, and it was her duty to protect it, and now it is his. He's got the ultimate power in this emerald. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> map contains clues to the location of the emerald, apparently the first one leading to a compass in Siberia. So I love this like... moment when the, the, the hologram disappears. <laughs> yeah. Wait, says to Tails, was that your dad? And Tails just goes, and to hear Colleen do this, just, really? Like, it's so good. It's just, like, uh, to hear Tails so fed up and be like, come on. Like, come it's on, just man. so good. It was so good. <laughs> Sonic turns to Tails. He's like, we got to go. And Tails is like, what do you mean we? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a field guy. I just, I make stuff. I'm the guy I'm in the chair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Sonic reassures him through a fist bump, which is the third method of hand-based agreement in this movie. <laughs> yes. And they don't call it a fist bump the whole time. Uh, they like hand bump hands or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if it's a regional dialect thing or what, but that I was like, it's a fist bump. That's the, I know what that is. I've done this hand motion before. What are you doing? Call it what it is, movie. Come on. Big Hero 6 taught us anything. It's a fist yeah, bump. It's a very common symbol in movies. Uh, but that reassures Tails and they head to Siberia through a ring together. Oh, power bump. They call it a power, power bump. bump. Power That's bump. That's what it is. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I guess. Sure. I wasn't sure if I like was missing something in the Sonic lore that they no, called it not power that bump, I know but of. it's just a choice. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Robotnik stops into the Mean Bean, where his assistant is ready with his latte with steamed goat's milk. Ooh, hoo, hoo, the team's getting back together. In Hawaii, Tom is getting absolutely wrecked at volleyball by Rachel's fiance and all of his friends, who are all shredded. <laughs> of course, yeah. The funniest thing is like they have to dress James Marsden, who is also shredded, yes. to not look yes. as shredded. <laughs> like because when there's a t after the volleyball match is over, and like um, um, Randall, who is the husband to be, mm -hmm. kind of like you know pals around, puts his arms around him, and then like, flexes later, like. James Marsden really has to not like yeah. try not to flex because he, like, he is still shredded. Back, and it's, you can tell from under his polo shirt that that man is jacked. <laughs> yeah, like he's not. I get that he's one of the geeks, but he's not one of the yeah. geeks. Like he is and he isn't. <laughs> Tom is checking out the wedding rings that Maddie and his niece are showing him, and immediately I was like, "Oh no, yeah, he's gonna swap." the sonics ring for one of these weddings there there are three gold bands in the scene and one of them is critical there's no way uh and it is only made that ominous feeling only made worse when he decides to do a little magic trick with one of the rings yeah where he, like pretends it's behind his niece's ear and like does a little oh what's behind your ear i'm like that's that's sonic's ring that's, that's not <laughs> we, we know this ring. bit we know where this bit is going i, I mean the best part is, is like 
they f- they flag that when they're going through the t- the fake TSA. Sonic mm-hmm. gives Tom a ring so he can get back right just yes. as easily. No no flight and like I'm just like oh this is foreshadowing because yes. he makes sure he's like don't lose this it's your only way home and then of course the scene happens and I had the same exact thought I was like oh here we like, go okay all right I see where this is going. It's a real Chekhov's ring of the whole Sonic movie. <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> Tom tells his wife that he wished Sonic had a squad like the groom and all of his. Buddies, I wish he had a BFF squad. Good thing we're in a movie with two more Sonic characters in it. Uh, and she's like, just relax and enjoy your vacation with your loving wife and all the Mai Tais you could be drinking. And he's like, that's what Sonic said. <laughs> so let's think about someone else besides Sonic. I just, I also love the two of them because I think that mm-hmm. they're just such a good couple in this. And like, yeah. they're not like often the humans in a story that's not about humans are kind of inept or useless, but they're mm-hmm. not. They're always in over their head, but they are never useless and they are fun to watch. And I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, and that's because both actors are also really great, but like, it's just, it's fun that they, they are having fun and that they are clearly just as goofy and kind of slapsticky as the cartoon characters themselves. Yeah. And I think it would have been really easy for them to go the route of like, Tom is totally on board with Sonic, but Maddie doesn't really like that he's paying so much attention to him. And they don't do that at all in this movie, which I think no. is a breath of fresh air because that is such a frustrating plot line. I'm like, why? Why are we? Why do we have to rehash this a thousand times? It was nice that they were both on Team Sonic and they both got to be unequivocally supportive and have their great moments. And we didn't have to do some kind of trite drama about the Sonic influence on their relationship that would have kind of bogged it down, in my opinion. Yeah, that was the thing I worried about in the first film, like when Sonic's mm-hmm. hurt and Tom brings him to Maddie, who is famously a vet, which is the best part. So she's yeah. an animal doctor <laughs> with these animal aliens. And like like she she she's mad and like and like upset that she doesn't know what's going on, but she's like, We'll get back to this. She doesn't like mm-hmm. throw him out or say, I never want to see you again. There's no drama there. It's just like yeah. I love you and I support you. We'll figure this out and then we're gonna have a word. And like they have I, a healthy them... communicative relationship. They understand yes. <laughs> to be supportive and communicate with each other in a way that indicates their marriage is good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it's just such a relief to see that in a damn movie. Yeah. It's like, every time I see that happen, I'm like, this is not a real fight. If they mm-hmm. talked, there'd be no fight. Like, just a conversation would circumvent all of this drama. Why? So, yeah, uh, it's it's refreshing that they are a healthy married couple in a yes. fun, <laughs> wacky movie. Yes, with their blue hedgehog child. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in Siberia, Sonic and Tails are lost in a blizzard and they can't get any readings in this weather. So they head to a little lit up uh, cabin up ahead to take shelter. And it's the roadhouse scene from the first movie all over again. Literally the same scene. Uh, They walk in. I swear it was some of the same actors. Probably. (laughs) Just a bunch of Siberian thugs hanging out. There's a grandma by the fire knitting a skull-faced quilt. Uh, Everyone's as like cartoonishly like a kid's idea of what a a mean, tough bar would be like. (laughs) I love the little door opening reveal of Sonic and Tails because they're all bundled up in like layers and layers and layers of puffer jackets and scarves and it's very cute. It's so so cute and like also where did the coats come from? Why are they they Sonic-sized? Yeah, like they weren't wearing any coats when they got there when they were walking in the snow so why all of a sudden it's obviously to make them look human right so people Mm -hmm. don't figure out that they're monsters essentially as they're referred to but like it's just so very (laughs) cartoon like hey and now they're wearing coats yeah Uh, and they get a little table and as they're sitting down and ordering their beef stew sonic asks about all of tails gadgets and tails explains his tragic backstory uh that he built everything and he's been watching sonic this whole time ever since the day on the baseball field in the first movie where he caused the power outage in in greenfield and uh 
When he saw that Knuckles was after him, he came to help because he's always been bullied, but Sonic was a cool one. So Tails is a tech <laughs> genius from another planet who can fly, and he's called Tails because he has two tails, and he's here to help Sonic. Sonic gets another text from Tom, but really it's uh, being tracked by Robotnik and his crew, and Idris Elba's line reads as Knuckles when he is reading aloud the text messages on screen are incredible. <laughs> They're the best. Dot, There's dot, 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 dot. Never someone dot. saying dot, dot, dot made me laugh that genuinely hard. It's so good. And like, and then it's so fun for Agent Stone, who is not stupid, but definitely mm-hmm. not as smart as Dr. Robotnik, to then go wiry with this imbecile. It's like pot kettle almost. And like, yeah. I like that. It's just a very fun moment. <laughs> just, and then, then you know, we see that um, Dr. Robotnik using triangulating mm-hmm. satellites has found that he's in Siberia and then creates a little hologram Sonic <laughs> on where Siberia is on his map and starts like flicking at it and trying to crush his head. And then Knuckles <laughs> smashes it. <laughs> so good. Oh, it's uh, excellent. These are gags that you would see coming a mile away, but they are absolutely still funny in the moment because these characters yeah. are so very much those caricatures. It's great. Mm-hmm. In a movie that was less committed to being as goofy as this movie is, I don't think the gags would work because uh, you would see them coming a mile away and then no one would perform to them. But here everyone right. is acting to the gag and it ends up making often quite predictable jokes work really well and just work really earnestly. Um, yeah. Back in Siberia, Tails and Sonic get stew with a tongue in it, and Tails' translator malfunctions when he tries to get beef stew instead, and he insults the waitress, so their disguises get taken off. The patrons uh, think that they're monsters and go to throw them in the fire. Tails gets them out of being immediately thrown into the fire by shouting, like, Puvanka, I think it was. Yes. Uh, which prompts a man at the end of the bar in a velvet tracksuit, which was awesome, too. Amazing. Who has a tattoo of himself holding his hands out on his yes. chest, stand up and hold his hands out for what we then find out very shortly after is a dance battle. Yes, they have to win the dance battle in order to avoid being thrown into the fire, and they can't just leave because the map that they need is being torn, like thrown around the room to various characters. Various patrons yeah. have the map at different points. They're not great at first when they're dancing to the Siberian music, but eventually Sonic goes and with his power of product placement, turns on some better tunes and him and Tails are able to work together to dance their way to victory. Everyone's into it. Tails flies into the chandelier. They get the map and they win the dance battle. Hoorah! <laughs> After the party, <laughs> Sonic uh, tells Tails that they're friends. And then when Tails curls up by the fire, uh, Sonic tucks him in, which was very sweet. Uh, yes. The next morning. And Sonic a callback comes. to the previous movie, I think, at one point. Yeah. Sonic gets tucked in by Tom, so... He's learning from his old man. <laughs> uh, he also wakes up the next morning with like the old lady who was knitting the death uh, quilt snuggled up right next to him. <laughs> He's like, fire. Tails, we've got an emergency. We've got to go. Tails, we got to leave. Uh, they fly over scenic Siberia, arriving at the coordinates of a cave that contains a secret owl embellished door. Inside this temple, they find a mural that Tails translates uh, and he explains more lore. Uh, more tragic backstory. <laughs> a group of seven echidna warriors forged the uh, Chaos Emeralds into one, the Master Emerald, with with which a single warrior could destroy hundreds. And as a result, the owls and the echidnas have been fighting for centuries over control of this emerald. And they continue over to a big owl statue with symbols that Sonic recognizes. And having learned all of this lore, he matches them to the map that he has from Longclaw, activating the statue uh, which then presents them with the compass that will lead them to the location of the emerald. 
as they celebrate a bunch of lasers pinpoint on them. Uh, it's Robotnik and Knuckles. They're here. Sonic starts to destroy the temple uh, as he and Tails make an exit, fighting their way through this swarm of Robotnik's little egg-shaped robots. Uh, they eventually have to split up. Tails flying and Sonic using a makeshift snowboard to uh, snowboard. He takes the low road and Tails takes the high one. <laughs> the this is so, <laughs> so good. Chase. <laughs> like, so I'm a big fan of the games and there's a, in the third game, Ice Cap Zone starts famously with Sonic landing on a snowboard and snowboarding down into the stage. <laughs> and like, since then, like in Sonic Adventure 2, I think opens with him like snowboarding mm-hmm. down the street after jumping out of a helicopter. Like, there is a lot of extreme sports in Sonic's history, and for him to just punch a robot flat and then use it as a snowboard, and then Knuckles shortly after to do the same thing, is just this is very much unnecessary so and absolutely perfect. It felt like a video game fight in all the right ways. Uh, yeah. It's like you were saying, they managed to incorporate a lot of the, the flavor of the game in a way that still worked for a movie instead, which is a, always impressive. Uh, also, getting to watch Knuckles snowboard was a delight. So I was just, as soon as Sonic started snowboarding, I was like, When's Knuckles gonna get his cape? Snowboard. Yeah, can he? When's and Knuckles I love, getting like, a snowboard? <laughs> also, the uh, the pop, pop culture references. So, like, they separate, and mm-hmm. first Sonic is just fighting a bunch of the robots, doing the slow mo fighting stuff from the first movie, which always looks cool, uh, and is in a ton of movies with speedster yeah. characters at this point. But we then when Knuckles, scene. <laughs> yeah, and then like when Knuckles bursts through like a, a Rocky Mountain and lands to fall, he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh God, the Winter Soldier! Can you give it a rest?" And it's just like, <laughs> like they're just not pulling any punches. They are just making no. pop culture references left and right and i love it this movie feels very of the year like it doesn't quite feel of 2022 which is the year it came out it does feel of like 2019 2020 which is closer to when the first movie like this feels like a time capsule of a very particular era in pop culture uh and it it works now i'm curious to see if watching it like 10 years from now if sonic 2 will have the same like cultural uh weight when i rewatch it like am i gonna still be like oh man a winter soldier joke <laughs> or is it gonna have been a real time have passed but right now i did i did enjoy it sonic is able to fight off all the robots chasing him without too much uh issues but when knuckles aka the winter soldier as mentioned appears <laughs> he finds himself ringless and dangling over a cliff um, i just love that he goes oh no my rings it's oh just, no my it's- rings it's just so good like he gets hit and fall. he drops his rings which is so much a <laughs> homage to the games but then to make him go oh no my rings is so funny i don't know why it just it feels very goofy and but i think is very funny sonic uh, complains that the echidnas keep showing up and ruining his life and that prompts knuckles to stop the fight to tell us more of his tragic backstory which is this is about when i started to get a little annoyed that the movie kept doing this yeah he, he's like the echidnas were all heading out to defeat Longclaw, but my dad stopped me from going with them and all of them died and we get to see baby knuckles in the scene adorable adorable what a cute little dude (laughs) i I do understand why they do it here though because then like because they're sharing and knuckles Mm -hmm. thinks that they're kind of like starting to understand each other and then tails like wraps him in an electric net and he falls over and he yells deceiver and like (laughs) i get the point of it right because we Mm -hmm. trust issues are woven throughout this film and we're going to get to a peak of them a little bit after this and like i think that that's really interesting is like it starts here and then there's like betrayal of trust after betrayal of trust like back to back to back and with different characters mm-hmm. but it does feel very ham-fisted for him to be like so wait before i punch you let me tell you about why i'm sad it's like it's a very <laughs> yeah. kids movie thing to do so i understand why they did it but it is a little annoying by this point yeah i see the choices i understand the choices but at the same time I'm like oh man 
I know that they're going to do this again. I know in like 20 minutes, I'm going to get the second tragic backstory in mid-fight. <laughs> Tails busts in and Sonic goes to throw the compass to Tails to get him to fly away with it. But Eggman intercepts and knocks out Tails. This choice giving Knuckles a moment's pause as he flies off with Eggman. Uh, not before muttering to himself like, the hedgehog chose to save the fox and not go for the compass. Oh, so thought provoking. Yeah. <laughs> Back at the wedding... Rings are being exchanged. I'll give the audience one guess what's about to be important here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sonic FaceTime. I love that Tom. Tom. <laughs> I love that when Tom's phone rings, it's the yes. Sonic One theme, the Green Hill Zone Sonic One theme. Like <laughs> the, uh, some other movies have done this, like in Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, when one of the bad guys' phones go off, it's the battle theme from like Final F- Final Fantasy after the fight had ended. His phone mm-hmm. rings and it plays the victory music. Like I love those kinds of bits because they are. Are not they are doing the thing without doing the thing and of course tom's ringtone is that like of course yeah. it is <laughs> uh also tom does not have his phone silenced at this small intimate family wedding and his ringtone goes off twice because sonic keeps facetiming him and on the second time he does pick up and rushes over to the corner to take the call because it's an emergency sonic yells at him to use the ring to save him because him and tails are hurtling down the mountain with an avalanche right behind them uh but when tom goes to throw it Nothing happens. The I ring love has that been it does. <laughs> I love that they do. So whenever Sonic threw the ring or Tom threw the ring in the first movie, they did this slow down yeah. as the ring flew, <laughs> and like they do that whole bit, and then it falls. And like that was that was worth it. That was, that was well done. Yeah. It was very good. And then and then immediately Tom like doesn't even question it. Really, he goes wait. Oh no! Like he immediately knows that he <laughs> he fucked up. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> Yep. So Tom, with no hesitation, interrupts the wedding of a woman who hates him and her very buff fiance and uh, <laughs> tries to Punches get them to him. give him the ring, eventually punching uh, Derek Morgan from Criminal Minds and <laughs> <laughs> throws the ring, sending snow hurtling towards the ceremony and crashing the whole uh, wedding with Sonic and Tails and Ice. And he brings the whole crew up to speed. Sonic rushes over to try and help Tails, who's still conked out, but at that moment, he is tased and trapped in a bag as all of the federal agents who are attending this wedding whip out their respective tasers, uh, and Rachel's fiancé reveals that he was a catfish to help catch Sonic this whole time, and this whole wedding is just all filled with all these, like, government agents. Even the priest, who has maybe one of my favorite gags in the movie, where he opens his Bible very slowly and silently to reveal that it has a little cutout in the pages of a, where a stun gun is put in, and then he closes it again, and he does a little... <laughs> <laughs> side of the cross <laughs> oh, so good this whole scene and so like here's betrayal of trust number two and mm-hmm. like what i love about here is like the wedding gets ruined and you have this split second to go oh crap i can't believe tom did this i feel so bad for rachel and then it just gets compounded as the general from the first yep. film reveals himself uh commander walters and reveals gun which is actually a military force from the sonic adventure games and when they revealed that i went no way like i can't believe they worked <laughs> gun into this film i also like that when he spells out the the name of the unit like shield in in avengers mm-hmm. rachel goes gun really, really? gun <laughs> like that's so on the nose but we get revealed yeah that um Apparently, Randall was a catfish the whole time just mm-hmm. to get to Sonic, and Rachel loses it in the oh, best she way. She's so happy. mad. She's <laughs> so mad. And, like, immediately, what I love is that Tom could have been on the outs the rest of this movie, but because of this charade, immediately the, mm-hmm. the, the anger at Tom is gone, and she just wants to beat the snot out of Randall. Yeah. 
uh, Gun locks up Sonic, uh, Tom, and Tails, and Rachel demands an explanation from her former fiance uh, as Commander Walter flippantly recaps the existence of aliens in the previous movie. And he's like, we tried to give you that Olive Garden gift card and you sh- shouldn't have gone and gotten your unlimited <laughs> pasta. And instead, <laughs> we're here to take capture Sonic. Yada, yada, yada. The girls... Maddie and Rachel then decide to use Tails' backpack that they still have and its various gadgets to do something while the boys are all <laughs> locked up in the resort. Uh, they just sort of throw gadgets at anyone in their way until they eventually find their respective goals. My favorite of these two diverging plot lines being Rachel's because we go to Randall forlornly looking at his wedding ice sculpture as he's feeling guilty about the whole catfish situation when Barracuda starts playing uh-huh. <laughs> and Rachel in a golf cart that has just married on the back of the can pulls just, up and just goes fully on the attack it rocks it's so good <laughs> destroying tables and then she does the drifting scene from like every fast and the furious mm-hmm. film or any other crazy driving film where she skids and steps out as it's spinning and it spins into the dj equipment exploding behind her as she walks That's over incredible to beat this in the wedding like, dress too just oh, so good like i <laughs> I, Rachel again in the first film was just kind of there and it was easy mm-hmm. to dislike her which was kind of the point but what I love is that they actually take the time to focus on these characters a little bit at a time and redeem most of them as well which is mm-hmm. really wonderful and like Rachel this whole scene with Rachel is great and like ugh, it's just so it's cliche as hell but in the best way it feels deliciously cliche yeah I was I was like loving every minute of it I'm like yes let Rachel rampage and then Rachel yells at Randall while his boss threatens her with the taser which randall jumps in front of i'm like oh my god yes it's self-sacrificing it's great <laughs> I'm, i love it uh <laughs> rachel uh uses one of tails's weapons to uh threaten walter and manages to you know take him down uh and now with her chance to confront randall because of course he was just lightly tased he's fine uh she's like was anything real why are we still on this plot point uh but randall's like <laughs> actually i'm in love with you so i guess all is well those two are going to get their happy ending good for them uh yeah. we can return to maddie who is actively just breaking out sonic and tails uh i was glad we did not have to watch too much of maddie sneaking through this resort because yeah. we spent so long on rachel and this movie is already two hours long i was like that is a good uh editing decision <laughs> Yeah. Well, and also because we know that Maddie's super capable, uh, mm-hmm. and so like it was fun to just see her get there and then save the save them. Also, uh, it, it's just it's a fun moment that we don't have to focus on too much, but still supports the character and her art yeah. as well. She's she's good. She's competent. She's here to help. Meanwhile, Robotnik and Knuckles arrive on a small tropical island and use the compass to open a path through the sea to a mystical temple with a green energy beam shooting out into the sky. They found the Master Emerald. Luckily, within view of Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like uh, when the green laser shoots into the air, of course, Sonic can see it tells us still unconscious. And so this is where Sonic gets one of his multiple mm-hmm. hero moments. He's like, I failed Tails. He came here to be my companion and I let him down and almost got him killed. I have to do this alone because I can't mm-hmm. let anyone else get hurt. Um, trying to seize his hero moment. And before they can convince him otherwise, he runs off. Yes. Uh, he believes he's the only one fast enough to get there in time. They're miles and miles away, and he's going to run on the water to do it. He's going to fix it while he still can. Um, immediately after Sonic runs off, Tails wakes up. So yeah. <laughs> no, but he's still got hurt and coming, can't chase. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Back in Green Hills, also, Wade is trying to go get some coffee before his morning shift as the uh, deputy sheriff while <laughs> Tom is out of town. Uh, and he goes to the Mean Bean and sees it as a in its lab form <laughs> with Agent Stone instead. <laughs> and the assistant is looking at costumes on the screen for uh, Dr. Robotnik. And one of them is just straight up the costume from Megamind with the big thing in the back. <laughs> Yeah, and then one of the other costumes is the actual video game accurate Dr. Mm -hmm. Robotnik costume. Like, uh, it's just, oh, it's brilliant. It's great. Wade busts in and arrests him uh, because he's sheriff for the weekend. And they have a nice little back and forth occasionally that I really enjoyed. Sonic, of course, is powering up because he's got to go. Say it with me, kids. Fast. If he wants to run on water. (laughs) And that's just what he does. He speeds over waves. But when he gets to some of the rougher waters, they uh, really knock him out. And he is seemingly drowning, but then luckily wakes up on the island he needed to be at. Uh, He's washed up at the shores of the temple. All is well. (laughs) Yep. This is the second time they remind us that Sonic cannot swim, which is canonical with the games. That he can only run on the bottom of the water. He cannot. He cannot. (laughs) There's a bit we're going to get to that I'm like, I can't believe they did that bit because I really didn't (laughs) think they would. Uh, But yeah, so he wakes up on the shore conveniently in time to then continue through the, Mm -hmm. uh, the maze and try and stop Robotnik and Knuckles. And then we cut to Robotnik and Knuckles, right? Making their yes. way through the temple. And like, <laughs> I, I love this because literally this is like, we've reached peak video game bullshit. They have exact traps from, I think it's Labyrinth Zone, which is the underwater zone in the first game. Like actual traps. The designs on the walls have the bird insignias and stuff. Like literally they created an actual set based on one of the Sonic levels. And like this is the kind of thing you couldn't have done in the first movie, but that I'm absolutely here for the second movie because it's just ridiculous to see them have brought, even if it's just a small section of an actual Sonic level, mostly to life. It's so good. It feels like a video game in all the best ways. Like you get the immediate vibe of like, this is a video game level that they're fighting through. It's a good action set piece. And also this is a video game. I know what I'm watching. I could click buttons right now and they would move in very specific ways. Yes. Robotnik eventually uh, manages to use his technology to help probe where the booby traps they're trying to dodge are as they progress through a funky maze. And Sonic uh, runs really fast and screams his way through the same uh, traps. (laughs) Both Of of them will succeed. Oh shit, it's a temple run. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. (laughs) Knuckles and Robotnik approach the emerald, having uh, allowed Knuckles to punch through the impenetrable wall surrounding it. And Robotnik goes to uh, tase Knuckles from behind, betraying that trust since he's no longer needed. And now he has access to this ultimate power. But before he can, Sonic busts through the ceiling uh, to make his second last stand to protect the emeralds. So him and Knuckles begin to tussle instead. While they fight, Robotnik uh, approaches the emerald and Sonic points this out to Knuckles, which prompts Knuckles to turn on Robotnik as he reveals that they were not, in fact, friends, but that he was only using Knuckles. Robotnik grabs the Master Emerald and disappears in a bunch of green light and lightning as the temple begins to collapse around them, uh, trapping Knuckles under some rubble as the water begins to fill the temple. Uh, So Sonic has to deep dive by holding onto a rock and letting it sink him to the bottom. Uh, And they work together to lift the rubble and save Knuckles, even though they were enemies. And though they free him, Sonic can't swim, so he can't make it back up. Oh, no. Ah, don't worry about it. Knuckles saves him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love this moment, though, because while Sonic is trying to free Knuckles, this is the bit that I never thought I'd see in the movie, is, of course, the debris, as it's moving, it causes bubbles to rise, and Sonic mm-hmm. sucks in one of the large yeah. bubbles, which is how you get air back in the video games, because Sonic cannot swim in the games either, and 
I just, I just, and, and it works. Like, there's mm-hmm. no logic behind it. It just works. <laughs> he inhales the air bubble, bubble, has air, can help Knuckles. And, like, I just, I love that we got that such an innocuous gag that makes <laughs> literally no actual sense work for this moment. It's great. Yeah, I think it's how matter of fact a lot of the characters treat these gags that makes them work. Like if they had tried to explain ahead of time at any point, like you can breathe air bubbles underwater and that will give you more breath. Like that would have been too much. But Sonic just doing it, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm on board. I'm sure, why not? Let's keep moving. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. let's let's go with it. Knuckles then uh, asks Sonic how dare he attack him in his hour of sorrow. Uh, Again, (laughs) great. Great Idris Elba line read on that. I just love it. He's like sulking and then Sonic pelts him with a snow, with a sandball. And that's when yeah. he says that. And I'm like, that was very good. It's such a good line delivery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a little heart to heart on the beach as Sonic regurgitates Tom's lessons from earlier in the, in the boat about heroism. Uh, when suddenly Tails is on the horizon with the biplane. Knuckles asks Sonic how he keeps moving forward despite losing everything and failing constantly. And Sonic tells him that he doesn't have to do it alone anymore. It's all about leaning on your friends. And then they shake on it, which is, again, one of the many methods of hand-based agreement that you can have in this movie. There are three. We will recap them all at the end. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Back at the Mean Bean, Wade is threatening uh, Agent Stone with a butter knife, uh, asking him what he would like on his bagel, as suddenly Robotnik, now green, arrives in the lab, talking strange and synthesizing in, the, in out of thin air, like with music and not, like, not making anything <laughs> except for some tunes. <laughs> it's very good. And like he's obviously like roboticized as he has all of this ultimate power mm-hmm. and explaining to um, the Agent Stone, like, that he has ultimate power and that he can see his brainwaves or something or like smell his brainwaves. It's just like, okay, sure. Why not? Let Wait. We're letting Jim Carrey be wackier than he was. Yeah. Fine. Sure. Why not? Never a bad thing to let Jim Carrey just go all out in the performance. But Robotnik frees Agent Stone who shows him the approaching uh, gun agents uh, as Tom and Co. and Gunn and all the residents of Green Hill are facing down the electrified Robotnik outside of the Mean Bean, who handily defeats their tanks and such by pulling all of the technology and nearby radius into his Chaos Emerald Tornado Storm and building a big old robot. Big old Eggman looking robot. <laughs> we got the Death Egg robot from Sonic 2. Like, not a thing I ever thought I'd see on screen. And it looks so cool. It, it just looks awesome. awesome. <laughs> it's just so good. The um, minute I saw that, like, big grin, big eyed face reflected inside of it, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> I also love that, like, the lore, it's interesting. The lore of the Chaos Emeralds in this is they were used to form the Master Emerald. They were within mm-hmm. the Master Emerald. And I thought that was interesting. And the whole movie, I'm like, oh, that's. That's really different. I wonder how they're going to use that. Because, like, long story short, we know we're going to get supersonic at some point, right? Like, that's right. not, like, the minute the Chaos Emeralds are talked about, we know that's coming. But, like, I was curious how. Um, but it's very interesting how they're using the Master Emerald as, like, the key MacGuffin. Um, mm-hmm. But I love that he's just Chaos Emerald powered and he's building a giant, a giant Dr. <laughs> Eggman robot. It's, it's perfect. And just as he builds said robot, Tails, Knuckles, and Sonic approach Green Hills by plane, all allies now on the case to fight this robot. They're like, we got to make a plan. And as they're talking about making a plan, Knuckles crosses his arms and just dives right off the back of the plane. So I guess he's off to do whatever Knuckles wants to do. It's great. He's silent. And the, the way that they have animated the motions is like the most nonchalant possible for a red echidna. <laughs> Again, 
Knuckles is a highlight of this movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I am a little bummed, though, that they don't show him gliding off on this because Knuckles famously mm-hmm. can also glide through the air inexplicably. Um, <laughs> and we don't really get to see that. But it's still fine. It was a funny mm-hmm. bit. I do like that shortly before this also um, tells, like, questions if we can trust him. And Sonic, like, says he was just misunderstood, which very much translates from the game. In the first game, mm-hmm. Dr. Robotnik tricks Knuckles into gathering the Chaos Emeralds for him and then turns on him. So, like, and showing him where the Master Emerald is. Like, that... Using Knuckles to find the Master Emerald is absolutely beat for beat Sonic 3, which I love. Um, but I also like that Tails goes, okay, well, I hope you can forgive me for hitting you with a car earlier. And he's like, <laughs> are you kidding? I wasn't even hurt. And your revenge will come swiftly when you least expect it, Fox. It's just every line he delivers with such stone cold seriousness. Ugh, he's the perfect, just perfect. That's great. Sonic and Tails decide to do what they do best. And Sonic's like, I'm going to go heckle a big robot. So that's their plan. <laughs> Uh, Tails does some fancy flying to dodge all of Robotnik's defenses, um, but Sonic gets knocked away by a rogue missile anyway, which was, again, in all the trailers, you've seen the scene. It's just good physical comedy. Knuckles runs at the robot head on. Uh, Tails goes to attack in his plane. Uh, both of these are defeated because Robotnik destroys one of the wings of Tails' plane and he crashes and Knuckles does not manage to really do any significant damage with his pointy knuckles. I do love in that moment, though, the reason the way they take out Tails is the mustache comes together and yes. smashes him. And then they cut to Stone, who's now read the instruction manual. And the instruction manual looks like an old Sega Genesis manual that says Sega and then Robotnik. And it was the mustache smasher. Yes. <laughs> it's just it's so good. These, these gags are just cheesy enough that they're perfect. Mm-hmm. They're just cheesy enough. And there's like just the right amount of them where I'm like, I'm not sick of this. I'm happy yeah. when they're showing up. They're very well timed. the gags that you need we get a full lineup of sonic and co as they decide to work together to defeat this robot they fight 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 tails tells them that they have to find his weak spot and knuckles offers the groin as an option uh again idris elba is a national treasure and all of his line reads are perfect and then sonic realizes that he is the metaphorical groin of robotnik uh as he is the weak point he is what robotnik (laughs) focuses on and he can draw his attention because uh, he's just really irritating, and that way <laughs> Knuckles and Tails can launch like a flank attack. Uh- <laughs> so good. Meanwhile, Tom and Maddie commandeer a truck to go save their kid, which is what they refer to Sonic as, the blue hedgehog from space. And Sonic begins drawing Robotnik's attention, getting smacked around and knocked out as Robotnik gloats, when suddenly Tails cuts his way in with his little like laser cutter that he uses to get into I- stuff. <laughs> I just want to jump back really quick. Something I forgot to mention is when the robot first comes together, it got my favorite beat drop of the entire film where Robotnik, um, before starting to walk as the robot, you know, controlling it by moving himself, um, says uh, something along the lines of like, start my evil doer playlist and then starts (laughs) playing guitar on his leg as an anthrax song starts to play, like playing the guitar riff while Agent Stone like plays the drums. Uh, It's just so good. And then, like, moves by swinging his arms and legs. And then the robot starts to swing its arms and legs. <laughs> and the whole movement, like, in this moment when he's starting to chase Sonic, he's just, he's moving and the robot's moving. And then the robot yeah. gets out of breath because he's out of breath. It's just very good. I was a little worried when they put Jim Carrey in a big robot that we were going to lose some of the essence of the, like, the physicality of the Jim Carrey performance. But they did a really nope. good job of translating that one-to-one to the big robot doing the same motions that Jim Carrey is doing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Um, But Sonic has managed to draw the robot's attention, getting smacked around and knocked out. And as Robotnik is gloating, Tails cuts his way in and uses like shadow clone jutsu to distract Robotnik. (laughs) It's the second time. (laughs) The second time. Uh, So that when he's distracted, 
Robotnik can get uh, one hell of a punch from Knuckles, who knocks yep. the K- uh, the Master Emerald straight on out of him. He is defeated, or so it seems. The big robot starts to fall apart, and it's a scramble for the Emerald, which has been knocked into the dirt a, a little bit away from Sonic. Robotnik puts his robot on auxiliary power as Sonic stumbles towards the Emerald himself. Uh, it looks as though the robot is about to overtake him until Tom and Maddie catch up at the last second in their truck and grab Sonic as he grabs the Emerald. Robotnik, unfortunately, is able to flip the truck. Everyone is fine. Sonic struggles to use the Master Emerald, which has shattered into a bunch of smaller, chaotic emeralds, one could say. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sonic tries to tell his family to run as Robotnik's robot goes to step on them, but they assure him that they're not going anywhere. They're in it for the long haul, baby. The big robot is about to step on all of them, but the little emeralds all light up, and as Robotnik celebrates his victory, Sonic goes supersonic and pops the top right off his robot. (laughs) Yep, and then we get to see this really cool scene as Sonic essentially pulls a Dragon Ball Z and uh, flies around (laughs) and ruins the robot and ruins Robotnik. And, like, there's these really cool scenes. Like, Supersonic often has shown his power in the more modern games by like just being really stoic and we get that here like Robotnik tries to punch him with the robot and he just stops the fist without even moving it's just very Mm -hmm. cool like if you like Dragon Ball Z if you like Supersonic (laughs) this is just a feast for you because it's just all of that nonsense Mm -hmm. Uh, Robotnik falls into the fiery rubble of his robot in the shot that is like one to one when Scar gets knocked off of the Pride Rock on the Lion King and then uh Sonic floats back to the ground. Everyone rushes to hug him, but Knuckles stops them from getting into the big group hug because this isn't the Sonic they once knew. He has the power of the emeralds now, which, you know, he's too he's too great, too powerful. Uh, he's not the same Sonic. And that's when Sonic uses the power of the Chaos Emeralds to summon a rain of chili dogs, which means that it is exactly the Sonic they knew and love. Uh, he then spoots the emeralds out and returns to his blue form <laughs> as Knuckles reforms the Master Emerald. And they all uh, sort of ponder what to do next. Knuckles is like, I've only lived for this one purpose. Uh, what now? <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> I love that Knuckles' ability to fix the Master Emerald, which is mm-hmm. also canon to the games, shows up here. And now the Master Emeralds exists and the Chaos Emeralds are separate and scattered to the four winds, which now yes. puts like puts this movie at like one of the early starting points of Sonic Adventure, which will be important in a few moments. And so like, (laughs) I like that even though they didn't follow the story exactly, they still got to a place that makes sense to the canon of this Mm -hmm. world and the video games. It's just very cool. It's really clever writing. You get the sense that everyone who worked on this movie really actually likes Sonic. (laughs) Yeah. Both in the sense that they understand the plot of the games and also like the characters and want to see them do fun, cool things that are, and make sense for them. Yeah. Like, for example, teaming up to form a new order of warriors to protect the emerald and the universe. And then they all power bump, which again is just a fist bump, but is one of the three methods of hand-based communication in this movie. Uh, (laughs) And then they all go play baseball. (laughs) Uh, Base of balls. It's it's just... Again, some of the best Knuckles line deliveries. So and then he just and then he does a power bump to punch the baseball instead and claims victory as he runs mm-hmm. around the bases. And the best part is Maddie and and Tom are talking over Knuckles, who is like, I've taken second of bases, like he's running around the bases <laughs> claiming them in victory. As the two of them talk about how that, that was their only baseball and they're now gonna go for ice cream. It's just it's very good. It's very wholesome. <laughs> yeah, my note for this scene just says Knuckles punches the baseball. No notes. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Sonic calls Tom dad in a very heartfelt moment. I wasn't sure how I felt about that, but it's where the movie was going, so I can't really fault him for it. Uh, yeah. And then we get to credits, which is subsequently followed by an end credit scene where we see the wreckage of the big robot uh, being searched by Gunn, who have yet to find any sign of Robotnik, but uh, hidden amongst the agents in uniform is Agent Stone under disguise. Uh-oh. Maybe Robotnik's not gone. And as the uh, as Walter walks away, they also are informed that there's a file containing coordinates to a secret research facility that has a secret project shadow in it. And then we see the shot of Shadow the Hedgehog, and we all knew those. I'm like, ah, this is Shadow. We knew this was coming. I just did <laughs> very missing? funny that they, they introduced Gun, which is big in, in the first Sonic Adventure. And then, of course, Sonic Adventure 2 is where Shadow debuts. And, like... What's interesting is like the space station in the sky alludes to an ancestor of Dr. Robotnik who was working on the perfect life form, which was supposed to be Shadow, to help save his dying daughter. Like, it's very interesting if they're going to go that route because that Robotnik was like a heralded scientist who was a good mm -hmm. guy trying to save his, I think, either daughter or granddaughter. It's very interesting if they're going to go that route and like how close they'll follow the plot of Sonic Adventure 2, which is mm -hmm. great. Uh, like, um, oh no, I think Shadow debuted in Sonic Adventure 1, not 2. Uh, I don't remember now. I might be I might be uh, getting those crossed. But either way, the mm -hmm. point is is that Shadow is like a convoluted plot point. A great character who I love, but like we're j they're just going for it. Like this end credit scene shows that they're just leaning into the wackiness of the entire <laughs> Sonic franchise, and that they're making a beeline towards the Sonic Adventure era, which is uh, like one of the more important like after sonic 3 and the introduction of knuckles that was one of the most important moments in sonic game history because it introduced a ton of other new characters mm -hmm. and like kind of laid the groundwork for everything that we've had at Son with sonic since and so it's really interesting that this post credit scene is just literally going for it yeah um and it's driving me crazy i'm pretty sure uh shadow debuts in sonic adventure one i have I, i'm almost <laughs> positive that's correct um <laughs> But I will double check that as yeah. we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had, you know, last movie end credit scene cameo was Tails, right? That was the big yeah. character reveal. This movie I had a sinking suspicion that maybe it would be Knuckles, uh, not Knuckles, uh, Shadow. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm, and I was right. It's Sonic Adventure 2 is where he debuts. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Shadow just seems consistent with that franchise. And so I couldn't yeah. remember which was which. And I didn't <laughs> want the internet yelling at you because I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, they only come to tweet at me that I should watch Morbius. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have it's on Patreon you can go check it out um, <laughs> but uh, I had to ask do you have any like shadow fan casts you know we've talked about the really great oh. casting in this movie is there anyone that you want to see voice shadow in the next film I mean like I mean there's a few people that I think would do a good job I think Adam Driver would actually yes, be a yes. really good <laughs> a really good shadow because he's got that like kind of deep pensive voice and like mm -hmm. when he was Kylo I guess spoilers for Star Wars movies when he was Kylo <laughs> and then he made his turn to Ben in the last movie of the new trilogy, which I didn't mind. Like he played both sides of it really well. Like he was brooding mm -hmm. really well, but he also, when he had those only few minutes on screen as Ben being lighter, like he did both really well and Shadow kind of has to walk that line. And so that's really why I think he'd be a good casting for it. Um, if we're just going with like deep voices, I think Vin Diesel, who's done 
ton of great work as Groot, mm-hmm. though only saying of a handful of words, <laughs> uh, would also I think do an okay job as Shadow. Mm-hmm. But like I think my number one pick is Adam Driver. Yeah, I, I so I was on a stream recently. We were talking about who would you fan cast a Shadow the Hedgehog. It just came up organically. I'm really glad that this podcast is happening close to that. Uh, <laughs> and kind of as a joke, I'm like, oh, Adam Driver. But the more I think about it, the more I think that actually makes sense. Both because the Adam Driver token, like, start really quiet and then scream delivery of lines could be fun. And also, like you said, he has a, a good low voice that has a, a fair amount of gravitas to it for this character, but he can do the more subdued parts. So I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you on team Adam Driver for Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> I just think it would really work. I mean, I'm also thinking of like all the folks who've played Batman over the years yeah. would be like a good like Christian Bale, I think, would mm-hmm. be funny and fun and has already done a comic book movie as uh, Gore the God Butcher very recently. Like uh, pretty much any like deep voiced Batman actor, I think, could yeah. also do it. Even Robert Pattinson, I think, who is pretty good in the Batman, could actually do a pretty good Shadow also. And he's already <laughs> got that kind of brooding hero thing down because that's essentially yeah. what Shadow is. Shadow is like they make jokes about Batman in this film but like that's shadow is batman right like he mm-hmm. talks deep he's passionate he truly cares but he's also got a dark brooding past like it's <laughs> not a coincidence no no there's a lot of overlap between the ability to play batman and also shadow the hedgehog <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic well who knows maybe they maybe in a in a pipe dream the casting directors for sonic 3 are watched, listening to this podcast and they'll they'll take our advice but even if they don't we have reached the end of the movie so i want to move into some closing thoughts here uh do you have any sort of like final thoughts on the movie i like to ask if you would recommend our audience watch this movie and if so maybe in what situation is it a good watch with friends is it a good sit down and have a pensive night alone what do you when do you think is the appropriate time to watch sonic 2 <laughs> I mean, I think it's worth watching absolutely 100%. Mm-hmm. I think that um, definitely with friends would make it more fun. I think mm-hmm. if you watch it with a Sonic fr- fan, like that would really uh, in- enhance it. Um, <laughs> I think you should watch the first movie before watching this. The first movie is a lot more cliche and a little more textbook, but I think it's mm-hmm. worth it to get the context for this. That said, I think you could watch this movie on its own and yeah. be fine. Like, it, it give, like, if you know who Sonic is as a character, I don't think you need more backstory than that. You might be a little confused about the long claw stuff, but they kind of read you in onto all of that mm-hmm. um, long claw character that as far as I know doesn't exist in the games um, yeah. the owls at all don't and which is fine I mean I don't know I, I have a feeling that the third game may reveal like why long claw like they may come back to it like show us really why that battle existed but I don't know mm-hmm. but um, I absolutely recommend it I think it's a fun funny movie I think it takes what the first movie did well and does it better and it is mm-hmm. rare that we get to see that especially in a franchise I'm so excited for a third one so <laughs> excited for a shadow based story like I love that character Oof. I hope we get Amy I hope we get Big the Cat like yeah. I want them all um, <laughs> I want Big the Cat just fishing and chasing Froggy like for no reason like just give it to me like give me all of them the whole crew um but like I love how they've introduced every character. I love that it's not quite the same as the games, but doesn't have to be because especially in the early games that these three characters especially are based on, the narrative is thin at best. And that thin narrative was completely worked into this film, like toe to tip, <laughs> like the betrayal of Knuckles from Robotnik, you know, mm-hmm. Sonic turning Knuckles into an ally. All of that is from the games and it was all done really well in here. Um, I think the cast is phenomenal. There's not a bad one amongst them. Even the bit players do such a great job. The character actors, like, you know, Tom Butler as as Commander Walters, who's been in tons of stuff, is so fun every time he's on screen. Um, it, it's just, I think it's a fun video game movie that understands 
you don't have to be a perfect video game movie to be a fun video game movie. Mm-hmm. And perfect, I think, like, look, you're talking to someone who's notoriously a fan of both Venom films, which are not good <laughs> films, but I love them. I love every minute of them. And so, like, I think if your movie is fun, the rest of it just comes more easily. Yeah. And the cast here really, I think, does a really great job. And I think a big part of it also is Ben Schwartz genuinely loves video games and Sonic. I'm mm-hmm. like, wasn't going to let this be some, like, slapdash thing. I think once he signed on, I, I don't know how much influence he had, but, like, this, this crew, I think, really brings this franchise to light in a new way like I'm excited for these movies as standalone from the games to be their own universe right like I'm just really excited for it yeah absolutely I mean I don't have as much of a history with Sonic I grew up I watched some Sonic X growing up read again the three issues of the comic that I could not they were not concurrence they were not one whole story just miscellaneous (laughs) snippets Uh, and like that's most of my exposure to Sonic growing up and I still really enjoyed these movies I don't feel like I needed to necessarily understand everything that had come before it to enjoy them I think that's a strength of the movies that they just pull you in right away Um, I agree I think the second one really kind of refines and perfects what the first one was aiming for um if if you're gonna watch them they're pretty the first one's pretty short you might as well double feature but again you could just jump into the second it'd be a very enjoyable time um uh i do i agree ben schwartz knocks down the park uh really going out of his way to play every blue themed character of the 90s <laughs> yeah, he's right. been uh, leonardo i think on rise of the tmnt um and of course we love knuckles we love you um god what a what a way to smack that roll out of the park. Oh my God. Just yeah. And so like, much gravitas to it. <laughs> well, the fun thing about Eldris Elba too, is he seems like someone who has a really good time with what he does. I mm-hmm. mean, I loved him in the suicide squad sequel. That was actually a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was great in that as bloodshot or blood sport. I can't remember what the character's name was blood. something. Blood but like he, he definitely seems like a, an actor who has a good time in the roles he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, I still really want him to be, even though I think he's too old for the role now, to be John Stewart, the 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 African American um, Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that'll ever happen at this point. Not for Ildris Elba, but uh, I think he would be good in that role. Um, but he's always just seems like a he's a very talented actor who I've loved in a ton of films. But then to see this actor who I've seen in mostly serious stuff mm-hmm. do this. Was just and like with the conviction, like he could have easily phoned this in, but he absolutely yeah. did not. He is absolutely a, he's a man who understands commitment. Uh, like it kind of most exemplified for me in the movie Cats, where like that, yes, that was a not a very forgiving role, and he did not uh ever phone it in. And very yeah. similar in this movie, there was not a moment where I'm like, oh, he's just collecting a paycheck. Like, no, he's doing his best to play the character Knuckles the Echidna as, to the best of his full uh, prestigious acting career. And I have immense respect for him. For <laughs> and it works. It paid off. Uh, like you mentioned, the whole cast is great. James Marsden is always a treat to see. I find him very charming. And the fact that he's not in more things is deeply, deeply saddening to me. Um, but uh, overall, it's a, it's a fun watch. It's a good video game movie. I think it's hard to knock it uh, if you're just looking for a fun good time you know this is not the pinnacle of artful cinema but it is an enjoyable movie to watch and not a bad way to spend two hours so uh yeah also <laughs> I, I should say it it's 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 implied but jim carrey as dr robotnik is inspired casting mm-hmm. and like I love Jim Carrey. I think he's a very interesting person. He's done some interesting films over the years, but has kind of stepped away from slapstick comedy. He still mm-hmm. does it from time to time, but mostly had done a lot of more serious and prestige stuff. And to see him just step so wholeheartedly into a ridiculous character that should make no sense and really love doing it, like mm-hmm. it's just so fun to watch. In both the first film and the second film, he commits 110% in the same way Ildris does without a second thought. No winking at the camera is absolutely this character. Yeah, he's giving a very classic Jim Carrey performance but in 2022 and it's 
still as enthralling as it ever was. Um, but that is about all the time we have on the podcast for today. Stormageddon, thank you for joining me. This has been uh, super fun. Before we got to go fast on out of here, where can our audience find you if they want to hear more? Well, first, I just want to thank you for having me. I'm so gla- <laughs> glad that Case Aiken connect- connected us because I love the podcast and I was really excited to come <laughs> on. Uh, maybe if there's a Sonic 3, I'll have to come back. Uh, I'll keep I'll, I'll keep your email <laughs> noted just in case. A little Excellent. note to yes. self. Sonic yes. 3 release date equals <laughs> have Matt on podcast again. <laughs> but, uh, but if folks want to keep up with me, uh, provided it's still around, you can go to Twitter.com and follow me at DJ underscore Stormageddon there. I'm also DJ underscore Stormageddon in most social media platforms. Um, if not, then I am some variation of that. Um, I do a ton of podcasts. I will feature my um, my video game podcast here, Funny Games, where we recently, as of when this was recorded, actually did a Sonic retrospective in anticipation of Sonic Frontiers, where us and two guests, had, me, my co-host, and two guests talked about the entire franchise for like an hour and a half to two hours, and uh, really, I think, a good palate cleanser to this uh, <laughs> this 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 film podcast. But um, I do a ton more podcasts. I host four of them. I produce even more of them. So if you want to check out all the stuff that I'm working on, you can go to djstormageddon.com. Um, I'm the freelance editor for the Game Informer show, hosted by Alex Van Aken, which is a lot of fun as well if you're into video game stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, I will have to have you on my uh, TV movie podcast, Green Snark, Ooh. because we always, it's just a fun chat. We're talking about the most recent thing we've watched. And since you are clearly watching a lot of things, that could literally be anything. So I think that'll yeah, be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love to do that. And you can find all of that information linked in the show, note, show notes below. Oh, my God. The ability to speak has just immediately slipped out. And now that we have hit the end of this podcast. But definitely check out all of their stuff. It is fantastic. Um, thank you again for coming on this podcast. Uh, I believe my, my red alien rival has just crash landed on this planet. So we're going to sign off. But we'll catch you guys all in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. This is actually going to be the last regular episode for this year. Movie Struck will return in January on January 9th of 2023. Uh, taking a little break for the holidays. Got to get some ducks in a row, spend some time with the family. And of course, Ziggy, who is silent as always, the partner of this podcast. Uh, I hope you guys have been enjoying the show this year. I've had a blast making it. Uh, there may be a bonus episode going up sometime around the holidays. So keep an eye on your feeds for that. Um, But otherwise, this is going to be the last regular episode of the year. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for the show, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you want to engage with some other listeners, definitely check out the Discord for the uh, Moviestruck fans. It's a super fun community talking a lot of fun movies and TV and other such nonsense. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform and if you really enjoyed this show consider becoming a patron uh we get fun bonus articles early access to some promos and previews for episodes and all sorts of cool stuff so definitely check that out through the links in the show notes below as well as my guest matt's content i want to give a special shout out to all the patrons who joined us in november it's thanks to you guys that we're able to keep this show running and i really appreciate all your support so thank you to jufo 2707 Matt, Monkey Warrior, Akib Khan, Eliza Stightly, Case Aiken, Sam Cameron, and The Funky Bunch. Thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, and to everyone who's a patron, you guys really help keep the lights on on this podcast. And uh, I think you have made this a wonderful year. I hope you guys all enjoy your holidays and I'll catch you in January. <laughs>